What is up, guys? Welcome back to Fit Body Secrets, where my mission is to bring you guys inspiration, motivation, and a ton of tips to help you guys on your fitness journey. And I am just over a week into my new house, and I finally feel like I'm starting to settle in a little bit. Um, like, I feel like I, I don't do well with change. I never had. So like changing jobs, changing environment, travel, all of those things really, really, really mess with me mentally. And I end up having horrible sleep. In fact, my good friend, Lindsay has had to listen to me and Stephanie have had to listen to me a number of days this week, just complaining about how tired I am because I feel like I just can't catch a break with my sleep. So, um, I feel like the last couple of nights I'm finally starting to get used to things and I'm, I'm sleeping a little bit better, which is good. And I'm settling in and finding a new routine with my schedule, still, still working on the house stuff. You know, uh, it's going to be a while and I have to remind myself that I'm here for the rest of my life. Well, hopefully. Um, so I don't have to be in a rush to get everything settled in, but I just think that there's a couple of things I need for my house just to at least feel a little bit more like I have a house. I'm looking for and literally like a, a little coffee table, just ordered a rug off Amazon and some stuff for my front bathroom, just so it looks more like a bathroom and not just like a toilet. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, just, uh, wanted to give you guys a little update on that. Um, other exciting news, super awesome. I have an athlete that just qualified for Wadapalooza and another one that she's being hard on herself. She doesn't think she qualified, but She's just two spots out from the elite division. And I'm pretty sure that that's a, a good, a good sign because the chance of like one or two people dropping out is pretty high. So that was pretty exciting. Hey, Bruce, what's up, man? I am so happy to see you on. It's been a long time. So you came on for an episode talking about calorie deficits. So uh, guys, I, I wanted to really take today's episode and, and really give you guys an understanding about calorie deficits, because I think that, oh, Claire, good, good thing, but you got your gym set up the first day. Uh, it wasn't quite the first day. Um, and it's still kind of like, so being full transparency, I, Claire, I rested. Like when I was moving, I'm like, you know what? You're taking the next three to five days and you're not going to worry about training. You're going to focus on moving and recovery a little bit, but that's what I did. And now my gym is actually pretty set up. I, I need to get flooring for it. I don't have flooring. Um, and it's fine without having the flooring, but it definitely, I have a couple of pads that I'll put down when I lift, but, uh, that is something I want to get. And I really want to get the Castro rig, uh, because I'll be able to do wall balls and rope climbs and ring muscle ups without having to go to a gym, which would be awesome, but it's expensive. And I have to clear it by my HOA, which I think would be fine. They told me it's fine, but hmm, I don't know, just the logistics of all that. So anyways, uh, today's episode guys, I want to break down calorie deficit, uh, it's, it's like, it, it just irks me is like when people are asking for weight loss advice, it's like, um, just create a calorie deficit, just create a calorie deficit. Okay. That's like the stupidest thing that people can say to somebody, because if you don't understand what that means, the person's like, so just eat less. And that's really not all there is to it. And so today I wanted to take some time to really explain to you guys about how to create a calorie deficit and all of, all of those kinds of things that go around creating calorie deficit so you guys understand how to apply that principle to your own goals. Now, when it comes to creating calorie deficit, what is the purpose, okay? When we are creating calorie deficit, we're actually doing two things, okay? So one is we are actually losing weight, so we're trying to lose fat. Uh, but two, it has been shown that calorie restriction 
Um, so slightly under eating can help improve things like inflammation markers, uh, insulin sensitivity, and other things. And so for those of you guys out there that do things like intermittent fasting or cutting out carbohydrates or low carb diets, those things aren't really effective in their principle of create cutting out carbohydrates or skipping eating. But if they do work to create a slight calorie deficit, uh, you actually are improving those things. And that's where you'll often see a coincidental or a correlation between those blood biomarkers and um, those changes in your lifestyle and your habits. So just a little a little bit of a tip for those of you that do those, do those things. So if that's what works for you to create that little bit of a calorie deficit, mm -hmm. go for it. I'm going to hopefully give you guys some insight though, as to some other ways you can do that. So starting off this episode, let's talk a little bit about a couple of things that are going to make up. Well, let's go ahead and talk about calorie needs. And I actually have a little thing. It's, it's not really going to be a big slideshow for you guys. Hopefully you guys, if you're watching this on um, YouTube, you'll be able to see everything. Let me just make sure I pulled the right one. Okay. So before we go into an understanding what a calorie deficit is, how to create one, I want to start to get you guys to understand what your calorie needs are because we have to start there. Okay. So your calorie needs are made up of four main things. Your basal metabolic rate, that is your body's needs at complete rest. And that's based on your age, your height, your weight, and your body composition, if you know it. So how much fat-free mass versus fat mass that you have. Uh, and that's going to make up the bulk of your calories. So like if your total daily energy expenditure is 2,100, your BMR is probably going to be 12 to 1,300 of that. So it's going to make up a huge piece of your overall calorie needs. Now, with that being said, the only way we can manipulate our basal metabolic rate is changing our fat mass and our fat-free mass, our lean muscle tissue and our fat tissue. By losing fat, we are actually going to decrease our BMR a little bit. By increasing muscle mass, we're going to increase our BMR a little bit. So just kind of letting you know that. So as you guys do lose weight, your BMR does go down because excess weight does require energy to, to maintain. The next one on there you're going to see is non-exercise adaptive thermogenesis. And essentially what this is, is this is the amount of calories you expend in your day, not related to exercise. So this is things like typing on your computer, talking right now, watching this, watching this, you know, spreadsheet or what spreadsheet, this slideshow right now, or listening to me talking, moving throughout your day, doing things like dishes and cooking and picking your kids up from school, walking around, all of those things are your non-exercise adaptive thermogenesis. And then the next one you have on there is your thermic effective feeding. So this is essentially the amount of calories expended to break down and digest your food. Yes, your food requires energy and different types of foods will require more energy than others. This is why I often promote, like my clients know, I'm very big about a whole food based diet, lots of fiber, lots of veggies, lots of lean proteins proteins that you actually have to chew, not just supplementing with a bunch of protein shakes. And the top one on there you're going to see is the exercise adaptive thermogenesis, which is essentially the amount of calories you expend during formal training. So things like you are intentionally going to the gym and you're working out. And that actually makes up the least amount of your overall calorie expenditure, unless you are training professionally, like a CrossFit athlete and you're in the gym for five to six hours a day dancers, uh, other types of sports, they're in the gym for multiple hours a day. So you need to realize that that's probably going to make up more of your, your, your extra, your non-exercise active, your, your job, which typically gets put in the non-exercise act 
adaptive thermogenesis is also part of your exercise adaptive thermogenesis. But for most people, it doesn't make up as much of a percentage of it as you think. So unless a person has intentionally started to increase their exercise in an effort to lose weight. So if you're increasing your cardio intake in an effort to lose weight, you are intentionally exercising more. It might start to make up more of your overall uh, caloric needs, which is also important for you guys to realize that uh, unless you're planning on upkeeping that, which is fine. If you like doing more cardio, nothing wrong with that. Um, if you're planning on taking that away at some point, your overall caloric expenditure is going to go down. So, um, so that's what makes up your calorie needs and your calorie needs aren't static. They're going to change over time. In fact, a lot of people that put on weight as they get older, they're related to aging. They're related to, uh, hormones. What it really is that you're just not burning as many calories in your day. Things have done, you've, you've made changes to your lifestyle. If you change jobs and you're not adjusting the, the calorie changes, you're not actually, you know, seeing that vice versa. If you start training more, you're going to be burning more calories. So if you start losing weight, when you start burning more calories, that's why. So that's essentially what I want you guys to understand about um, your overall calorie needs. Okay. So we go ahead and stop share for now. So now let's talk a little bit about um, how these numbers are calculated. The best method for you guys to calculate is going to be using anything that uses the Mifflin St. Jor equation. And so what I want to do first and foremost is I'm going to pull up a calculator for you. You guys can find this online. Um, it's very easy to find. And it's obviously the first step in figuring out where you guys should be. Okay. So I think it's called calculator.net. Okay. This is a standard formula, so you can find it anywhere, right? You can do it on your own by, by using your own hand math if you want to do that, okay? So um, let's just go ahead and clear this out. And I've pulled up a uh, one of my old assessments on a client, and we're going to go ahead and figure out her caloric needs based on what science says. Okay, we're going to do this together. So she is, go back to the top. I'm not going to put her name up there. Okay, so here we go. 34, five foot six, and she's 206 pounds. So we're just going to type that in here. 34, five foot six, five foot six, and she is 206 pounds. If you click settings, you can see where it shows Mifflin St. Door. That's going to be selected. And you'll see over here, it shows her BMR is 1651. And then it goes over some basic metrics. Uh, you'll see over their activity level based on how much she works out. So now for most CrossFitters, I want you to understand if you guys are using a calculator like this, even though our intensity is high, our intensity is not high for 45 minutes to 120 minutes. Most CrossFit workouts are going to be in that 10 to 20 minute range. Occasionally, they might go to 30 to 35 minutes, but for the most part, you guys are keeping your heart rate up for that, you know, five to 15 to 20 minute range. So what I like people to think about is how many minutes over the course of a week is my heart rate elevated and using that in terms of hours per week versus uh, per day. And so for most CrossFitters, that's going to kind of put you somewhere in the mid range of, 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 the, of the exercise of lower intensity to intense exercise somewhere in there. And this is where you guys have to understand there really isn't a magical number out there. We're literally just trying to find a base to start from and be able to move, move around from there. Okay. So um, that's a little bit of information for you guys on how to actually see what are my calorie needs. So I'm going to go ahead and pull up a little, a better thing for you guys to see. I like when I have presentations ready for you guys. And if you're listening on podcast, not on the live, you might want to listen. Okay. So let's just say 
Um, this is that person. She's five foot six, 205 pounds. Her estimated uh, BMR was 1647. Her estimated total daily energy expenditure was somewhere between 2,400 and 2,500 calories per day. So, so you guys can see that's maintenance calories. Okay. That's where she should be to maintain her current weight. Okay. So that's what science says. So on paper, okay. When you go and you type in your age, height, and weight into any calculator, it's going to give you what science says. All right. But now let's talk about what reality says. Okay. So reality is that Brenda, our quote unquote Brenda, has been chronically eating in a calorie deficit for a very long time. She's got a poor relationship with food. Um, she avoids a lot of foods. She binges on the weekends, but restricts during the week. Okay. Um, she's also lost and gained weight over time, which has also caused changes into, in her metabolic system or into her metabolism. And there's just not a lot of consistency in her ever actually knowing what it looks like to eat at maintenance right now. She's averaging 14 to 1600 calories a day and she's not losing weight. Okay. So that's the reality, right? So when I look at this, when we talk about creating a calorie deficit, let me go back to my share screen again. Um, okay. So what science says is this is what she should hypothetically be eating to maintain her weight. And we're going to talk more about the deficit, but these are some numbers for deficit. But what she's really eating is around, you know, 14 to 1600 calories a day. So we need to figure out how to actually get her into a deficit, right? And this is where you guys can't just go online and find a calculator and ask yourself why it's not working. There are a lot of factors that are going to change that person's ability to lose weight. The most important thing you guys have to understand is that if you are trying to create a calorie deficit and you want to stop guessing and you want to stop, you know, going around freaking hamster wheels and wondering what's works, fasting, cutting out carbs, cutting out whatever. Okay. You need to keep a food diary. And so step one is doing a food audit, literally taking seven days without any judgment, eating what you feel like you're supposed to be eating and actually seeing how much you're taking in. What do the macronutrients and the quality of that food look like? That's the best way for you to assess. Okay. Here's what science says. Here's my current reality. Because just going to what science says is likely not going to get you the results you want. Okay. So following online calculators is not the best method for you guys to achieve your goals. You have to understand how to meet yourself where you're at. Okay. So now let's talk about creating a calorie deficit. Okay. When it comes to creating a calorie deficit, we want to obviously start knowing at you know, where you're at for maintenance. Okay. What is your maintenance calorie? So as we figured out with Brenda, um, her maintenance calories were, what did I say? Around 2,400 calories a day. Let me go back to that. 24 to 2,500 calories a day. Okay. In a perfect world, Brenda is eating at maintenance calories. What science says she's been eating at maintenance calories. She, she feels good. And now all we're going to do is decide how fast does Brenda want to make progress? We can drop 10% of her calories. We can drop 20% of her calories. I wouldn't re recommend dropping more than 20% of your calories. Most people are conditioned, just take 500 calories off your maintenance calories. Doesn't always work that way. We want to look at the percentage of her overall calorie intake. That's a better way to look at it. Okay. So hypothetically, if week one, I start running up and she's at maintenance calories, week one, week two, I could go ahead and drop her to deficit of 10% to 20%. And I'm going to go ahead and pull that back up for you guys to see again. Should just leave it up, but I want to be able to see myself too. Okay. 
So that's what you're gonna see here. I can drop her to a 10% deficit by taking her to 2150 calories. A 21 or 20% deficit by 1920 calories. This is what science says should works. Okay. This also is something that Brenda has to be consistent with, along with her activity level needs to stay consistent. So if she hypothetically put that she's working out six days a week, but she's only getting in two or three most day, most weeks, and sometimes she gets in five to six, that's not going to matter. Okay. So we want to have lifestyle factored in, and then we're just taking calories away um, in order to create that deficit. So hypothetically, what science says is we could do that, but that's typically not going to work for Brenda, because like I said, Brenda has been living on around 14 to 1600 calories. And I'm going to go with the 1600 calorie mark. And here's why, because Brenda typically spends the majority of her week under eating at around 1400 calories. But then a couple of days of the week, she's like, I've been so good all week. I want to enjoy whatever I want. And her calories maybe go up to 18 to 2000 calories a week. So she's averaging about 1600 calories. So in order to create a deficit off of Brenda's current intake, I would have to drop her calories to 1440 or 1280. And here's where the problem comes in, because this is where people start to get entirely too hungry. They're not feeling good. Their energy starts to stump because they are already starting so much lower, reminding yourself that Brenda could be eating 24 to 2,500 calories a day, and she's not. She's well under that, all right? So now all I've got to work with is 1,600 calories. And we can do it this way. We can totally do this. This is totally fine. It's just going to cause her more adaptation, which is what I'm going to talk about next, okay? Metabolic adaptation is going to happen. Whenever we lose weight, as I mentioned, you lose fat, you're going, to lose, you're going to be burning less calories. When you eat less food, you're going to be burning less calories, okay? So if Brenda was eating was meant to be eating 2,400 calories to maintain her weight, but now she's maintaining on 1,600, essentially her body has become more energy efficient. So she's not burning as many calories doing her normal daily tasks anymore. She doesn't even realize things that are changing. Things like blinking, fidgeting, uh, you know, doing this with your hands. That stuff burns calories, you know, so she's not doing all of that stuff right now as much as she was before. So now she's burning less calories. Maybe the intensity of her workouts, she doesn't even realize it, but she's not pushing as hard. You know, that all, all happens. And essentially the right thing for Brenda to do is going to be to get her back up to total daily energy expenditure numbers of 24 to 2,500 calories a day. What that essentially does is it's going to take that adaptation and it's going to reverse it. So by slowly bringing up her calories, her weight might not change. Now it might, she might actually see the weight go down just because she starts to burn more calories uh, when she's starting to feel a little bit better. But the goal really is let's get Brenda eating what she should be eating. And then we can start to actually take from the top. Now we have a bigger ceiling to be able to work with. Now we have the higher calories to be able to pull from, okay? So this is where people run into a problem when they're trying to create a calorie deficit. They, they judge themselves. It's, it's so hard. I can't live on 1,200 calories a day. This is not going to work for me. You're right. And guess what? You don't have to, okay? So there's other ways around this. So if I was to create a plan to create this calorie deficit, here is the plan for quote unquote Brenda, or for any of you guys out there that are really trying to lose fat and you're, you're stumped. You don't really know what's going to work. Okay. 
Number one, you got to start with a food audit. You got to go ahead and bite the bullet. Start keeping track of your food. Use a food scale. Don't guesstimate things. Make sure you know exactly how much calories are going in so that you can manipulate those calories. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. With that, we're going to figure out how far off of the scientific hypothetical numbers are you? Are you well under or are you well over? We want to start by getting you to where you should be. And it's like I said, those numbers are what science says. You might be a little bit more or a little bit less than that. The goal is to maximize how many calories you can eat. So you should feel satiated. You should feel like you have enough food. You don't have a lot of hunger and cravings. You feel like you're not running out of things. Your diet can be pretty flexible. Okay. So for about a week, if we've got Brenda up to maintenance calories, and I'll be honest, I say a week, week one. If you have been chronically under eating for a long time, you might need a little bit longer at maintenance. It's, it's, you, you don't fix it in a week. If you can actually look back and be like, you know what, maybe my weekend habits have been pushing me over in calories a little bit more than I think. Okay. Then we want to just make sure that we start from, we, we know where you're starting from, right? So at least I want to have a week or two of seeing you actually eating maintenance calories. I'm okay starting with that. Okay. So we've got you at maintenance calories. Okay. So whether you're over, you're under, we're starting at maintenance calories. Week two to whenever, it depends. Okay. We're going to remove 10 to 20% of calories and be consistent with them daily, weekly, monthly. All right. So this isn't, I tried eating in a calorie deficit for three days and it didn't work. Okay. Weight loss happens slowly. All right. So weight loss is a slow, gradual process. It takes a deficit of 3,500 calories, a negative energy balance of 3,500 calories to lose one pound of stored fat, which is energy. Okay. One pound is 3,500 calories. So if Brenda was eating 2,400 calories and for seven days, she ate 1,900, hypothetically at the end of the week, if her activity was consistent and she was burning the same amount of calories every single day, we're going to go into this, she would lose one pound of fat a week. So when you guys are talking about how fast should I lose weight, it's important for you guys to realize that. Now, with that being said, we don't burn the exact same amount of calories every single day. We think about, you know, some days you're going to be more active than others. We try to, right? You try and kind of keep the same routine. You go to the gym, all that stuff. But some days you might burn a little bit more than others. Like if you have a longer workout, you might burn a little more calories. So you actually might see a little bit faster weight loss. Okay. So rather than speed, looking for the speed of your results, guys, because really, it's really hard to create. If you look at that, under eating 500 calories is still only going to relate you one pound of loss a week. You want to focus on getting consistency. And that's why I said you really want to make sure that you're being consistent with those calories daily, weekly, monthly. So don't just think if, if your weight doesn't move this week that you're not losing fat. You just might not be losing it as fast as you'd like to see. I wish I had brought with me on this little thing here that I'm talking about, a bowl of Cheerios. I did this really good analogy in my Facebook group a few weeks ago where I'm like, hey, you got this big bowl of Cheerios. It's full, right? And if I take one Cheerio out, that's one day of your compliance. So you can see over the course of seven days, you're probably not going to really notice the Cheerios missing, okay? After about four weeks of that, you're going to start to see that there's a little bit of a hole in the Cheerio bowl, right? So just know that you need to have that consistency. Now, when do we make adjustments? when weight loss stalls or when your feedback is not looking so good. So 
And this is what I want to go over next is because I think that a lot of people just assume a calorie deficit means you need to cut calories. The goal of a calorie deficit is to get your energy balance burning more than you're consuming. And sometimes as we drop calories, as I mentioned, your energy expenditure goes down. So sometimes we don't want to just bring calories down because it's only going to negatively impact that, right? Sometimes we actually want to bring calories up. So how do you know if you've hit a plateau, what to do? All right. Well, it depends. We want to make sure first and foremost, movement and training is optimized. You should be training consistently. And if you're not already, if you're in a fat loss phase and you're not getting over 10,000 steps a day, hike it up guys, hike it up. I'm going to be honest. It's not the 10,000 step number. That's a magical number. It's knowing that anywhere below that is not really intentionally trying to increase activity and anywhere over that likely means that you are increasing your activity intentionally. And that's going to help with the fat loss. It's going to help make it a lot easier. So step it up. I think that 12 to 15 K steps on some days is not a bad thing. If that seems overwhelming to you, just take a look at how much you're sitting throughout the day. Okay. And if you relate how much you're sitting in relation to how much you're standing and moving, you'll realize, wow, I'm definitely unbalanced there. Okay. So if you try to split your day, half walking and moving, half sitting, you would find it a lot easier to hit that 12 to 15 K steps a day. And I know that's not everybody's lifestyle, but I like to tell people like, just be mindful after your workout, go for a little walk to cool down. After dinner, go for a walk. At lunchtime, go for a walk. Make it a point to get up and move throughout your day. I always get up and move. I, I, after my workout, I always like to go for a little walk. I clear my head. Okay, so knowing that it's not always about dropping calories down. So when do we bring calories down if our weight loss falls? Here is how you know it's okay to bring calories down. Okay, if your overall hunger and cravings are in check, you're not feeling like overly hungry, your energy levels are still good, BMs are normal. Your workouts are good. You're, you're not like super, like you're not always thinking about food. Your, your mood's good. Everything just feels normal. Go ahead and go for it. Drop it a little bit. Uh, as I mentioned in Brenda's case, she was eating 1600 calories, but if her feedback was all good and she wanted to go for the 1280 calories and see how it goes for her, I'd be okay with that. It's not my suggestion. It's not my, 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 not my preference, but if that's feeling okay to her, I'm willing to give it a shot you know? Um, so just know you have to watch that. When do you want to bring calories up? Better option. If you have been eating a low number of calories for a long time and you're not seeing results, if you're finding compliance with those calories, it's getting harder. You're binging, you're going off the plan. You're not tracking time for you to bring calories up. If you have not really ever intentionally taken a diet break and actually learned how to eat at maintenance, time to bring calories up. And as I mentioned, sometimes just by doing this, you will force an adaptation and you will start to burn more calories, which might increase your results. So don't always be afraid of increasing calories. And the way I like to say it is, man, if you're not losing weight, eating low calories and you don't eat late, lose weight, but you're eating more calories, like what's the loss? <laughs> you're not losing weight anyway. So you might as well bring calories up and feel better in the process, right? So that's where I feel like people get into this like head game with themselves. When do we want to keep calories the same? And this is an important thing, guys, if you are claiming to be in a calorie deficit, but you know, your compliance is not there. You're not a, you're not a compliant client. You're, you know, you're not tracking things. You're going off on the weekends. You're drinking more alcohol and not logging or doing all these things. It's not time for you to bring calories anywhere. It's time for you to like, Hey, I just got to be committed to hitting these calories in this budget. Um, 
And that's why I want you guys to really understand that you should be making sure that you are being honest and accurate with a food audit and a food journal. Food journal, if there's one thing that you guys can all do to keep get to get results, it's keeping a food journal. Like no macros, no nothing. Like just keep a food journal. It want to know why you feel like shit every day? Keep a food journal. You want to know how food impacts your body? Keep a food journal. You want to figure out what food sensitivities you have? Keep a food journal. I'll save you guys a whole bunch of money. Go ahead and pay the $9.99 premium for freaking my fitness pal. Save yourself all the money and all the crazy testing and keep a food journal. It's an amazing thing that it does for you. Um, all right. I already kind of talked about, uh, you know, the, the whole one pound, about 3,500 calories. How fast can I lose weight? Um, when it comes to creating calorie deficit guys, like I said, one to two pounds a week is probably optimal. You might find, like I said, in the beginning, you lose a little bit more, but you're not really losing fat. In fact, I'll go back to my little presentation for you guys. Um, another little tangent for you guys to see kind of repurposes from an old one. Okay. So weight loss is not always fat loss. As I mentioned, guys, a fat loss, fat loss is about one to two pounds a week, depending on how big your deficit is. But we're looking at that 3,500 calorie mark of deficit. You often will see weight loss as uh, more rapid. Like I, I lost two pounds overnight and you look back and you're like, well, I just under ate a little bit or I didn't eat as many carbs. Um, that's obviously the weight of your body is made up of your lean mass your bone, muscle, organs, body fat, water, and ingested food. So if you've eaten less food, eaten less carbohydrates, you're going to be a little bit lower on the scale, right? Vice versa, if you've eaten a little bit more food or eat a little more carbohydrates, you're going to be a little bit higher on the scale. That's not progress in terms of your fat loss goals or your weight loss goals. That is just weight fluctuations based on other factors, right? Now, when it comes to your body fat percentage, you've got fat-free mass. That's everything that's not fat. That's your ingested water. I'm sorry, ingested food, water, uh, bone, muscle, skin, or organs, all that stuff versus your fat mass. All right. And this is what we really are looking to change. We want to see a decrease in fat and also keeping that fat-free mass up. And I don't want to go into macros per se, but this is where macronutrients play a much bigger picture in your overall goals. When you have a significant amount of weight to lose, it's not as big of a factor because you have plenty of body fat, plenty of stored energy. But the main goal is that you guys should always make sure that no matter what, you're always getting in enough protein. And that means you're getting in, you know, looking at if you're significantly overweight, what would a, a, a typical healthy weight range be? Uh, BMI is a great number to use for someone that's significantly overweight or obese is what would a healthy BMI weight be at your height. Obviously that's not going to be a number per se, but it's a range and giving yourself a ballpark figure of where your protein should be. Um, if you are a smaller female, you know, you're obviously going to be a little bit lower on the proteins, like shorter, shorter females. Um, so just make sure that you are aware that you should be getting in the right amount of protein because you want to make sure that you are maintaining your lean mass and losing fat. Nobody wants to lose weight only to be fatter, right? Which you can do. You can lose 20 pounds. And if you're losing your, your lean muscle tissue, and you just have fat, now you're going to be fatter. You're like on a body fat scale, you would be fatter in that essence. Okay. So even though you might feel like you're, you're skinnier, you're really losing your lean muscle mass. All right. And if you guys have any questions about calorie deficits, please feel free to put them in the chat. Um, what I wanted to end on 
the last thing that I wrote down to talk about was what most people do wrong. And I kind of encompassed it a lot on this episode already with talking about Brenda, uh, which by the way, I don't have a client named Brenda. That was just a random name that I came up with. I don't know why I like that name for my, uh, my avatar, I guess I'll call her. But um, one of the things that people run into is they start too low. They just kind of find a random calculator. Um, they're getting really aggressive and they typically will start entirely too low on their calories. They spell out too quickly and they start to get cravings and hunger and they can't be consistent. Okay. So that's going to be one of the number one reasons. Number two is they're just not being consistent. They're trying to change things too often. They're never actually committing to consistency with one thing. They're not sticking to the plan and it's just making it really difficult. Number three is they're just not being honest or accurate. They're victimizing. Oh, this always happens. I X, Y, Z, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, they're not accounting for the food that they're eating. Correct. Accurately. They're just kind of like, they're kind of like, Oh, I don't know why I'm not losing weight or this uh, I'm doing everything right. And they're like not logging like the oil in their pan. They're not logging the freaking food. They're eating off their kid's plate or the, the chips are grabbing on their way home from work. They're not logging that stuff. And that all matters. And then a big one, guys, is just dieting for too long, just never stepping away from being in a calorie deficit and you've just allowed your body to adapt over time and now you're stuck. Okay, so those are kind of like the four things I feel like, and there's probably a number of other things, but those are the main things I see when people are trying to lose fat and they don't know what to do. Okay, so um, so overall, guys, what I want you guys to really get out of today's episode is this, okay? When it comes to fat loss, you have to create a calorie deficit. But creating a calorie deficit doesn't always mean just eating less food. It means understanding, okay, how have I optimized my energy in and how am I optimizing my energy out? Okay, we want to keep our energy out as high as possible, which means we have to feel good in the process. And that also means we also want to make sure that our calorie in, our calories in can stay high as long as possible. The higher we keep them, the longer we're going to be able to be in that fat loss phase and the more consistent our results are going to be, the happier that we're going to be. So that's the real goal. All right. So, and then I think the final thing that I want to talk to you guys about today is if you have been successful with fat loss in the past and you've lost weight and maybe you've had a hard time maintaining it or you've regained the weight or you feel like the only way you're able to live now is to stay stuck on this diet is that you're missing a huge piece of the puzzle, which is the reverse diet. So essentially what Brenda might've had to do in the beginning is start with a reverse diet to get her up to maintenance. And guess what? When Brenda ends her fat loss journey, we do that all over again. And at that point, that's when we can really take off the training wheels. We're not using a food tracking app as long. Uh, we're doing things a little bit differently there, but that's the ultimate goal is that you bring calories back up and you are happy and you are fed and you are happy with how you look and how you feel and all that good stuff. So if you guys do need help, I want you guys to understand that it's, this is what coaches do, right? So like I, I will have people reach out to me, Hey Cheryl, can you tell me what macros should be? I can tell you what they should be like today, but like, doesn't mean it's going to work for you in three weeks from now or six weeks from now. You have to realize that your body is not static. Like your days are different. You wake up at you would wake up at different times every single day, even if it's just a few minutes, you, you might use the bathroom at different times of the day. Like there's so many things that vary in your diet and in your life that you can't like just have a number. And so if you've been eating the same macros for years and you're not seeing any results, likely you need a, you need an adjustment. So that's a little bit about calorie deficits. Um, and that you do need to just be consistent. Now, sometimes the hard thing for me is, is knowing that a client just isn't moving enough and pushing more movement is not, easy for them. Like they just don't have a time in their schedule. 
And sometimes people do have to go a little bit lower on their calories in order to see results. And that's not always fun. It's not, but that's also part of the process. And also where I, I believe in people really focusing on being fit and finding ways to be active in their day and their life, because it does make obviously maintaining a lean body that much easier. So uh, that's all I got today, guys. Any other questions or anything you guys want to pop up? Jameen, Craig. Hey, Craig. Holly, Claire, Bruce. Anybody still on that has questions? All right. Well, hopefully this was helpful for all of you guys out there. If you guys do want help. Oh, I see this. How long does it take to force adaptation? Um, and how do you know what it's happened? Thinking long term and eventually wanting to bring my calories up to good number without putting on weight. Yes. So Claire, I am so happy that you asked this and you are actually, what's really cool about you, Claire is, uh, for a while there, we were feeding you a little bit less and remember we brought calories up and you started losing weight again. And now we've actually been able to keep your calories up while you're still losing weight. Um, adaptation, it, it just really depends. Um, it, it everybody's body's going to respond very differently your body responded pretty quickly. Um, and yes, we are going to be bringing your calories up without putting on weight. The way we do that is we do it very gradually. I'm working through a, a couple of clients right now through a reverse diet. And what I essentially do is I start small and I see how they respond. And I'm talking like, like, just like the deficit, I don't go any higher than, um, uh, 10% on, on a reverse. I try and keep it a little bit slower. And I do it a number of ways. Sometimes I do it every single day. Other clients, I might have them do a couple of refeed days a week where I'll just bring calories up for a couple of days. Typically, I try and have them do that on their more active days so that they're actually using the calories for good things. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how you know. And we would not be bringing up, so we, we don't want to watch. We don't want to see your weight go up. So when we're doing a reverse diet, I typically want people to stay the same weight. You might see one or two pounds fluctuation, but it should come right back down. I'm like, once again, it's just water weight from excess carbohydrates, not from you gaining weight. What's up, Eric? Yes, Claire, you are doing awesome. You are doing so awesome. And I mean, I, I just, I can't say enough good things about you, Claire. You're a star, you're a stellar client. Claire is, Claire, you're seeing some good progress. I would love to share transformation photos, but we're not there yet. We'll, we'll do that at some point. Not for me, for you. So we'll take photos where you actually have clothes on too. I don't like, I don't like doing I don't mind doing the side-by-sides for my clients that are like, you know, they're like progress photos, but those are for them. I would rather you guys see them in their, in their gym attire or whatever, in their lifestyle, just looking better in their regular clothes. Cause obviously that's the ultimate goal, right? So any other questions, Mr. Kenneth, what about for you? I wish Seema was on here today. Seema would have liked this one. She's a, she follows us on the Clydesdale's weight loss journey, but all right, guys. Well, if you guys have nothing else to add, I'm going to hop off and get ready for my afternoon workout. Um, still debating what I want to do today. Thinking about doing some wall walks. I'm just freaking, can I just go off on a tangent for a second? Guys, getting old sucks. <laughs> I have literally just. It, I'm in a funk and I'm going to go off on a tangent right now since y'all are still on here. Um, let's go, let's go off on a tangent. All right. When in doubt, just squat Kenneth. So this is my, this is my frustration right now. All right. I have never, like, I don't get injured. I like, I've had very few injuries in CrossFit. I've been doing CrossFit since 2010 and I could maybe 
remember having a little knee tendonitis one time, having a little elbow tendonitis one time, never having problems. This year, I have shoulder surgery from that major injury that I had. Um, nothing I could do about that. Like there was no repair that I could do without having a shoulder surgery. So um, I have had more nagging injuries this year than ever in my life. And it has been so frustrating because I feel like every, every chance I get to try and, and I, and I'd be honest, I've been hard on myself because I haven't been able to follow a program because I feel like I've had to modify everything. So I've literally been kind of doing my own programming and just kind of picking things apart, but I've literally had to avoid, you know, like doing a lot of lower body stuff because after my shoulder surgery, I started training lower body. I've talked to you guys about this and my, and my legs, I started having hamstring problems. And so I haven't been able to lift heavy, like lower body for months. And I, I finally, like, I guess about two weeks ago, right before moving into the house, I'm like, all right, I feel like I'm getting to the place where I'll be able to get back under a structured program and start to see results. And so last week I hopped right back on mayhem, which is the program that I subscribe to. And I started last week. And then this week I started week two and I just feel like my body is just, so now I've got this morning, I woke up and my back was so bad that I couldn't even bend down to tie my shoes. And I'm like smiling right now, but man, it was painful. So I had to modify today. I'm like, all right, you, you're not going to let this set you back. You're going to go out to the gym and you're just going to do some bike intervals. So that's what I did this morning was just some bike intervals, but like, it's frustrating. I'm like, what the hell did I do my back now? I don't even remember hurting it. Like I didn't, I didn't do anything to it yesterday. Freaking lunges. Like, you know, so it's just frustrating. So I'm hoping that maybe, I don't know, maybe it's my body just responding to the new programming. I don't know. I've never hurt my back before. So it just felt horrible. I'm about to go on vacation for a month with no gym. About to do a lot of running and prison workouts. <laughs> That's kind of, I'm going to be honest, Kenneth, I can't even run right now because of my hamstrings. I'm, I can, but I'm scared to, because I don't want to set back. I don't want to set back because that's, I think what caused my initial hamstring injury. So now I'm like, I'm scared to run and I love running. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to hold off on that for right now. Um, but yeah, that's why I'm like, oh, I guess I'll do some wall walks today, <laughs> some wall walks and something else. I don't know. I'll figure out something. I was thinking maybe wall walks and toast of our, we'll see. But, uh, anyways, kids don't get old, stay young. And, uh, I guess I'll see y'all in the next episode. Talk to y'all soon.